Greetings, Hoopsheads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Wednesday, April 25th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. First things first, apologies for missing the last two days of this podcast. Day job shit got in the way, but we're going to catch up on everything that happened over the weekend, including the loss to the Spurs. Just a real quick recap of that game, because we did, of course, win the series on Tuesday night. And really, what else can you say about this team except that they're just an exceptional basketball team, even without Stephen Curry? Tough matchup coming up against the New Orleans Pelicans, and hopefully Curry will be ready to go on Saturday. But team has firepower out the wazoo. It started with Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson, but Draymond Green was absolutely incredible. Of course, KD and Draymond will be taking turns on Anthony Davis. I think it's important to break down matchups with or without Stephen Curry. It's still unclear as to when he's going to return, if he's going to be able to play on Saturday. But if not, you know, do they start Andre Iguodala again? Uh, You've got another big, big task like LaMarcus, even bigger, in Anthony Davis. And do they, the Warriors that is, continue to start JaVale McGee? Do they start someone else? Do they start Kevon Looney, who's played incredible minutes, but can he handle the burden of being a starter? Uh, And there's a lot of questions uh, and a lot of analysis to be had, but first I want to tell you that you can get this podcast anywhere podcasts are available. iTunes, Spotify, iOS, Google Play, and LockedOnWarriors.com. You can also find my media on Forbes.com and get in touch with me on Twitter at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E, or Locked On Dubs, and via email at alikocarter11 at gmail.com. That's A-L-I-K-O Carter11 at gmail. So once again, good show today. And we're going to start right with this game that occurred last night, Tuesday, at Oracle Arena. The crowd was great. They were standing for when they should have been standing. You know, they were loud. They were uh, they were a special a special crowd. They knew what was up, you know? They knew that this was a closeout game, that they lost the first closeout game, and that, uh, you know, they were gifted with one more game at Oracle before the next round, and, uh, you know, they came with it. They really did come with it, and it was uh, nice to see because sometimes uh, the crowd can get a little bit, especially during the playoffs, you want to hear them be a little bit louder than they than they have been the last few seasons. Definitely a good crowd, definitely, you know, top 80 percentile crowd as far as noise and stuff like that, but used to be a little bit more raucous in there, definitely back in, you know, of course, 07, but then 13, 14, 15, before the team started getting really, really good, uh, and before uh, playoff tickets became nigh unattainable. And I think the crowd definitely revved up the team, especially Clay Thompson, who got it going early. Uh, back cuts, beautiful back cuts to the basket, uh, curling around screens, getting open. And he can make his own shot now. He can go left, he can go right. He showcased his ability to do both of those in this game. He shot 11 of 22, but uh, really cooled off late. And so he, his game looks even better than that 11 of 22. He was one of five from three, but just inside the arc found a way to do a little bit of everything to score from every angle to get up over the defense of guys like Patty Mills even going to the left over the defense of Pau Gasol 24 points on the night one block as well 
five rebounds, four assists, and was able to just impose his will to the point that in this game, I think it was I think Clay was the biggest reason. Clay and, and, and Draymond Green, of course, and I want to get to Draymond Green because he had a really fantastic game. But the biggest reasons that the Warriors were able to continue to have their lead until late in the fourth quarter, that nice 9-13 to 13 point cushion that they were working on for most of the entire game. Particularly the second quarter, 11 points for Klay Thompson on 5 of 5 shooting, and he made the only three-pointer of his night in that quarter, which the Warriors won 27-18. to Big, big second quarter for the Warriors. They allowed uh, the Spurs only to shoot 6 of 20 in that quarter. That's 30%, and 2 of 11 from 3 is 18%. And so the second quarter turned out to be the game changer for the Warriors in this one, led by Klay Thompson, but Kevin Durant, two of five, four points, five points from Andre, five points from Kavon Looney, David West with two, and it was a good defensive quarter as well. Draymond played the entire quarter, didn't have a point, but he did have six rebounds, three assists, and played just fantastic defense in this quarter, and we're going to take a look at the advanced stats as well. Because Draymond Green came in and along with Klay Thompson played the entire second quarter. And together they posted a 74.4 defensive rating. The lineup that had Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Quinn Cook, David West, and Sean Livingston posted a 67.6 and a 112.5 offensive rating. Draymond and Klay with the entire quarter, 106.6. That's a net rating of 32.3 for Draymond and Clay in that quarter. And Draymond was everywhere, guarding everyone and doing everything he could to make sure that the Spurs had difficulty scoring the ball. The second quarter of Game 5 was definitely the best defensive quarter the Warriors have had in the playoffs so far. They're going to have to channel that against the Pelicans on Saturday, definitely. LaMarcus Aldridge limited to one shot in seven minutes and 50 seconds. Was not effective at all. Committed two fouls in that second quarter. He was a minus six. And that's what the Warriors are going to have to do. They're going to have to key in on Anthony Davis in the same way they keyed in on LaMarcus, who did his damage in other quarters. 30 points, 12 rebounds, obviously, didn't have the best game of his career, but certainly not the worst and certainly worthy of these playoffs. But that second quarter, just smothering, smothering defense on LaMarcus Aldridge, doubled, triple teamed, uh, forced them into a few turnovers, one for LaMarcus, one for Rudy Gay, two for Kyle Anderson. You know, they only had 13 turnovers on the night, not a bad number for the San Antonio Spurs. Only 10 turnovers for the Warriors taking care of the ball. But the defense on LaMarcus was just special. Uh, and the Warriors have shown that when they turn it on, which they have these playoffs, they've turned it on. They can be the best team on both sides of the ball. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Stay tuned for more on these dubs. We're back from break, and we're talking about Game 4, in which the Warriors shot an abysmal 38% from the field and only made a quarter of their 28 three-point attempts. 
Nobody in blue played particularly well except for Sean Livingston and David West, but they played short minutes. And our long minutes, guys, Kevin Durant, 12 of 28 from the field, 4 of 13 from 3. You know, I said on Locked On NBA a couple of days ago, that Monday, uh, that... I never want to see Kevin Durant taking 13 three-pointers, particularly in a playoff game, just because it shows that he is settling. He could get any shot he wants. I just want to see him not take what the defense gives him, but force the issue. I think he did a much better job of that in Game 5, despite going 1 of 8 from 3. I also said they didn't do enough to spring Clay Thompson open. I think Bob and Jim were talking about this. Jim specifically said Clay had maybe two or three open shots in this game. Uh, out of the 16 shots, he only made four. Uh, didn't have a great game shooting the ball by any stretch of the imagination. You know, when and led the, led the team in minus, minus 18. And when Clay Thompson has a bad game, the Warriors have a bad game. He's a bellwether. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant isn't necessarily a bellwether. He can score 34 points, they win, they lose. He can score 18 points. They win, they lose. Uh, Clay Thompson has a bad game. The Warriors have a bad game. It's that simple. And they did a much better job of springing him open. He found shots on his own. I think both the team mentality and Clay Thompson's mentality were much improved for game five. He was decisive. He took on everything that the defense was throwing at him and decided that he was going to score the ball. Now that the series is over, I do want to say one thing. No Zaza Pachulia in this series whatsoever. I'd love to hear Kerr's thoughts on that. Was it just matchups? Is Zaza nursing uh, any sort of injury? If so, it's not on the report. We all know lineups shorten in the playoffs. Just for someone who started so many games, it's crazy just not to see him playing any minutes at all. And that's the equitableness of this team, you know, JaVale McGee coming in, starting playing really quality minutes throughout the series, only getting 14 minutes in game five, though, as the Warriors went small. And uh, David West, of course, getting his normal minutes and providing his normal uh, staunch defense and, you know, occasional buckets along with rebounding the ball. And then there's Kevon Looney playing more minutes than any other big man and doing it all. He was 2 of 5 from the floor, 4 of 7 from the line. He went to the line 7 times, which is, if I would guess, a career high. I believe a career high attempts to go along with three, bound, three rebounds and an assist and a steal. He's just powerful. He's a powerful player on the offensive end and on the defensive end. And I mean that not just from a strength standpoint, and he has gotten stronger over the last few years, and he's just ripping balls away from people, but I mean it from an IQ standpoint as well. His power is clear. He holds a power over the ball, a power over the court that will only develop further over the years as he plays with these fantastic warriors uh, and under Steve Kerr. He's developed into a piece that I think the warriors are going to want to have for the long haul, and he'll certainly be a part of the regular rotation next year. He's earned that. He's definitely earned that. But I will say the game ball has got to go to Draymond Green. He was only 2 of 7 from 3, the one blip on his night. Only one turnover for Draymond. 19 rebounds, which is a new career high after setting a career high of 18 before that. Also playoff career highs, 7 assists to go along with 17 points on 5 of 11 shooting. The Warriors only shot 45% in this game and just 5 of 27 from 3. 
but it didn't matter because their defense was just that good and Draymond was the anchor. I also thought Sean Livingston made some timely baskets. When the Warriors needed a little bit of cushion, Sean was there with one of his patented push shots or turnarounds over a smaller defender, just making it work, and uh, was a plus 12 on the night, which paces the team. I will say, though, the Spurs certainly put up a fight. LaMarcus Aldridge, 30 and 12, of course. Patty Mills, though, came in big with 18. On 4 of 10 from 3, he was jacking them and knocking down some difficult 17 to 15 from the field. I thought that Manu played very well, you know, as he does in these playoffs. He and Tony Parker now, uh, after the Game 4 win, are the tandem with the most playoff wins in NBA history. That's pretty cool. You know, I'm not going to say don't retire Manu. I'm not going to say, you know, like do what you want with your life. But it has been an absolute pleasure to watch Manu Ginobili play basketball for the last 15 years. Danny Green once again with the bagel, two bagels in this series for Danny Green and a minus 10 tied with DeJounte Murray for the lowest on the Spurs. And, you know, I don't know what it is about Danny Green. I'm just not a huge fan, even though he does everything right. I I can't say that I hate anything about his game. I'm just, just not a fan. Big props to Ettore Messina, who took the reins after the death of Aaron Popovich and got a win. Just a win for Pop, a win for the team, a win for the family that is the Spurs. And I'm sure that he felt very, very good about being able to come in and fill Pop's shoes. Big shoes. Really big shoes. Especially in the playoffs, especially as the lower seed, um, and especially down 0-3. You know, to be able to get the win, to make it a respectable gentleman sweep, uh, I think is huge for him someone with so much experience, you know, coming from the Euro Leagues. You know, it's not exactly like he's in the Hall of Fame over there in Italy. But, you know, this is this is the big boys. The NBA is is where the, the, the best talent lies, and he played the best team in the league, you know, without the most important player. But he was able to get a win. He was able to coach the team in a similar way to uh, the way that Pop coaches. He called timeouts in a Popovician way. He pulled the Warriors out of their normal routine and forced Kevin Durant to, you know, really get out of his game, take 13 three-pointers and and shoot a poor percentage and poor Clay Thompson, just completely taken out of his flow and his rhythm. And, you know, Messina deserves credit for building up the Spurs such that they could get the win for helping them keep their game plan in place and for keeping the intensity up for the Spurs throughout the entire game as the Warriors made their late run, the Spurs were able to quell the fire. And that's coaching. A lot of that is timely timeouts. A lot of it is, you know, what, you know, whatever he's telling to the players on the bench, yelling to the players from the bench, but just making sure that the Spurs kept their poise throughout the entire game. Great job. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Stay tuned for a quick look ahead to the Warriors' second round series with Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. But before we do that, I do want to talk to you about sponsoring the Locked On 
Warriors podcast, particularly if your company is looking for a connected audience in the 18 to 49 age demographic, you need look no further than Locked On Warriors. Podcasts are hot right now. They're where smart advertisers are going to get their products to the people. And Locked On Warriors has all the tools to make sure you get the most bang for your buck. Our prices are extremely reasonable. Just get at me. Alico Carter 11 at gmail.com and I'll give you all the details. We're back. We're going to take a look at how the Pelicans beat the Blazers in four games, which nobody saw coming. As I recall, every single ESPN analyst who was polled on this subject picked the Blazers. At least that's what I saw on the Bleacher Report app, so it must be true, right? But alas, ESPN is not always right with the Pelicans' shooting percentage getting better in each of the four games, rising 10 percentage points from 47.7 to 57.7 between games one and four. They're leading the league in scoring in the playoffs at a healthy 114.5 points per game, shooting 52% overall and making 40% of their three-pointers also leading the playoffs. They outscored the Blazers by nine points per game over the course of the series, and the Blazers couldn't muster better than 45% shooting and 33% from distance. As far as on-ball defense is concerned, Drew Holiday definitely gets props. And I mean, he might be the breakout star of the entire playoffs for what he's done on the offensive end and on the defensive end. Offensively, he's scoring 28 points a game, shooting 57% from the field and 35% from three on five attempts. Klay Thompson is going to have his hand full with this matchup. Drew Holiday playing like a superstar, not an all-star, a superstar. And of course, there's Anthony Davis, the superstar, taking 21 shots a game and making 12 and a half of them. 58% from the field, grabbing 12 boards, including three offensive and four and a half stocks, that steals plus blocks. He made life hell for Yusuf Nurkic and the other bigs that the Blazers trotted out there, and sometimes even Al Farouk Aminu, who is not big enough to guard Anthony Davis. You're either too small to guard Anthony Davis or you're too slow to guard Anthony Davis. I think it's a tough one because Kevon might be too slow. JaVale might be too undisciplined and too slow. Draymond might be too small. We've got to find our Goldilocks defender. It's going to have to come from the entire team. And you know what? It might just be Kevin Durant. We're going to see a lot of Durant on Anthony Davis. And it's going to be fun to watch because, uh, you know, Kevin is so long. You know, he's not known for his strength, but he can hold his own, uh, you know, especially uh, you know, if he gets down into that low defensive position on the block and he's got good timing with his hands. So, you know, he, he doesn't get into foul trouble. And, uh, you know, there are going to be doubles, triple teams on Davis, obviously. Other players are going to sop up fouls. Uh, Kevon has been good at taking fouls in this playoffs. Somebody's going to have to guard Nikola Miritich. You got to keep Rajon Rondo from getting 17 assists. He averaged 13.3 assists in these playoffs. Uh, he's yeah, obviously not looking to shoot, still taking 10 shots a game, though, making 49% of them. And shooting 43% from three on all nearly two attempts, special. Rajon Rondo, playoff Rondo. You know, obviously he quit on the playoffs. He quit on the Mavs in the playoffs a few years ago. We remember that. Uh, but playoff Rondo is still a thing. 
And this guy's point guard acumen is aging like a fine Sonoma Red. But here's a point in favor of the Warriors, especially if Stephen Curry comes back, and specifically, actually, if Stephen Curry comes back. The Warriors, as I've said in the past, revert to a league average pace when Stephen Curry isn't on the floor. They did have 21 fast break points against the Spurs in Game 5, giving up zero. That's a plus 21 in fast break points. But still, of course didn't reach that high watermark of 116 points per game that they had for so long in the season leading the league. They finished the season at 113 points per game after going 17, 7 and 10 in their last 17 games, excuse me. But nobody can run with the Warriors. And that's why I think they would beat the Rockets because with Stephen Curry in particular, Nobody is better in the fast break. Nobody has uh, the right discipline with the pace. Uh, The Warriors didn't have the fastest pace in the league. They were top five, but they had the best offense in the league because of the mix of pace and shooting, keeping defenses on their toes constantly with so many weapons. And I just think that even with Davis, Drew Holiday, Nikola Mirotic shooting the way he's shooting and scoring the way he's scoring, they still don't have enough weapons. And even Rajon Rondo seeing the court the way he sees the court. Besides that, it's Etwan Moore and Ian Clark, Darius Miller, and Solomon Hill. Those are the other players who played in all four games for the Pelicans, and it's just not going to cut it. I think that the Warriors have too much talent, in particular if Curry is back healthy and the team gets back to its fast pace, which they will because the Pelicans aren't looking to slow the game down. New Orleans just doesn't have enough weapons to keep up. I think it's Warriors in six. But a lot of that hinges on whether or not number 30 is going to be ready on game day Saturday at 7.30 at Oracle Arena. And, you know, we'll probably be waiting until at least the day before game day, if not game day itself, to know. And that changes the entire rotation. It changes everything for the Warriors. Are you going to start Andre? I think you do start Andre. But then there's less shooting on the floor, you know, unless he gets hot, uh, which happened once in five games he got hot from three in the first game but it's a completely different lineup still I think you'd see a lot of Durant on Anthony Davis and that's the best defense offense matchup that I'm looking forward to in this series that's about as much time as I have to talk about this series today Thanks for listening. I'll catch you tomorrow. We're going to keep looking ahead. We're going to go around the NBA. Uh, The Sixers clinched. There's a few other teams who can clinch tonight. Uh, There's a lot of interesting series out there, some 2-2s, and uh, we're going to talk about all that stuff. So stay tuned for Locked on Warriors tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads. (laughs) 